Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. But before we get into things, I just want to say it is so good to be back podcasting after this holiday period, isn't it, Andres? What a better way to start 2019 than getting back with the boys and talking some Chelsea on the good old Roman's Empire pod. I'm so happy to be back. Sam, how you doing, man? How, how, how was your holiday season? I, I had an extended holiday break um, from you guys. I missed the week, the last week that you guys recorded for finals. So however you guys feel, I feel one week more um, excited to start, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, but but, I mean, I think this is a great week to start up because obviously we got the transfer window open. Um, We're going to be posting that um, a a separate episode of our transfer special, right? And so we're going to have two episodes Mm -hmm. out this week. And this one is just going to be our traditional um, review recap. Oh, yeah. With the one and only All-American CFC aka christian yeah so uh keep an eye out for that uh we'll be posting them at the same time but without further ado because it's been a while let's get into this uh we're just gonna we're, we're gonna recap this nottingham forest match um of course it was a really early fa cup match really in the grand scheme of things doesn't really mean too much but there were a lot of storylines that really spoke i think there's a lot to talk about in this match and of course the first talking point has to be Callum Hudson Adoy. Um, just to start Cho. off, Cho. He, he, this was maybe his coming out game for the rest of the world to see. Um, and for the the Chelsea fans that were a little bit hesitant of him, I think this was the one that solidified how great he could be. Um, so just to to kind of lay the ground of uh, how great of performance this was in all co- Chelsea competitions. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi has played 347 minutes with three assists and one goal. Uh, And then just this past weekend against Nottingham Forest, he had two assists, four shots, including two on target, which were very close to being goals. Five chances created, three key passes. Uh, I'll start off with you, Zach. Did this game justify his price tag? Uh, In today's current... (laughs) uh financial climate in the footballing world i i, I think so yeah it, it's just yeah yeah that's a that's way more simple that's way the of word you're thinking of it that, that's exactly <laughs> why i didn't uh focus on business when i was in college but uh yeah gotcha. anyways it, it did definitely justify the price tag for me um yes it was against the mid-table championship side so i think we do have to kind of take this performance with a grain of salt but um with that being said you could really only play whoever's in front of you and uh <laughs> He tore that Nottingham uh, defense apart, especially when uh, in the second half when he moved over to the right. So, yeah, I mean, a very good performance overall. I I don't think it's any secret that the kid has a, a special ability and that he was born to play football. It's just a matter of now where is he going to play his football. Andreas, so. what, what were your thoughts on his performance? Oh, man, the chosen one. Don't <laughs> let Cho go. All these campaigns were like – taken to a maximum during this game and it's just everything like our fans have been waiting for i know that people were frustrated with his first half performance but think about it the kid you mentioned he's only played 347 minutes he's not going to come out guns blazing where he hasn't been playing every single week so the fact that he warmed up to it in his less preferred position is so 
so good to see. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no more of this, oh, he can't play on the right. And the other thing is, like, the way he played on the right side was just so uh, refreshing. We didn't have to see somebody take 50 touches outside of the box to set himself up for a shot. Instead, he took two, two touches and pulled those early crosses and did something that nobody else on this team can do and made Alvaro Morata score a brace. So I thought he was the man of the match. Simple as that. That 18-year-old kid is a grown man. Is it is it too sorry so I'm no, going to off. No, go ahead. But, but is it uh not too crazy to say that he might be our best crosser from the wing behind Hazard as a winger? As a winger, just as an out and as someone that could just get down the wings and just play given the a bunch small of sample the size, I mean if if, we're, yeah. if if I'm basing it off that one match, yeah. I mean, comparing him to Pedro and William as well, um I think that he has a potential to be our best passer for sure. I mean, best just crosser for sure, because he he those two goals that Murata had, God bless his soul. Um, those were just Jordan. served on a silver platter for him by Cho, and um, he he I mean both of them not just like, you know, wide open on the wing crosses. They were contested, and he did a nice move to get open to get the the cross off. So, um, it was a combination of his skill and his touch. It was amazing. So, um. Exactly. Someone, no, someone like, on, so, sorry, Andres. You, no, you go. You're good. You're good. I was going to say that when was the last time we saw Pedro or William whipping across after just taking two touches? Like yeah. these, these are the things that like are so, so from Pedro, we expect the run behind the lines and scoring. So he's a finisher. And then William is more of like, a, I'm going to slow it down. And those are while, while Pedro can be a difference maker providing those runs, Willing on the other side, we already have that in Hazard, and he already does that for us. So having Cho do the do this new bit where he can also improve his runs in behind, I just think the upside and the fact that he did both a front post cross, low driven, and then a floated back post cross in the same mm-hmm. game when I haven't seen Pedro or William do that is just like, hello, how many more alarms do I have to ring in this to be like, this is what is needed for a forward who doesn't create for himself to score. It was just, it was amazing. I, I'm ready for him to, to be, to be the guy at the right wing until Pulisic gets here, or you know, whatever the next move is for that right side. I mean, I, I, someone was really quick on Twitter to point out um, how how impressive it is the way a doy can quickly just kind of roll the ball with the sole of his foot and enter a skill immediately while in a full-on sprint. Right. And, and, and he did that for the second goal where he kind of slowed the game down. He, the, the, the defender squared up. The second defender um, was too square. He rolled the ball, took a giant touch in front of him, just a quick little bit of skill to get out and going. And he has that that, that quick burst of pace to get those you know two or three steps uh, distance away from your defender. I mean, for 18 years old, and I talked about this before on the pod, that kind of arrogance and that kind of uh, confidence in your own ability, but also the actual ability itself and him pulling it off in a match at 18 years old is uh, is beyond his years. And going back to your question, Sam, I mean, you talked about Bayern's price tag and, and, and we talk about it on our transfer episode, which all you should listen to, by the way. Um, but, but, you know, Bayern going in three times for this kid for a reason 
and and we saw it against Nottingham and the kid's not even match fit yet which is even more insane to me I mean I, I think this was the, the only the second time he played the full 90 I think the first time was against Bate in the Europa League if I'm not mistaken so wait till he gets into full match fitness and wait till he wait till he gets in his 20s fuck match fitness and then we'll really see who this kid is but yeah I mean it it is kind of worrying uh, the approaches from Bayern. Obviously, it's going to turn his head because he is young. Again, we talk about it in our transfer episodes. So I don't want to get too into it. But, yeah, I mean, very impressive performance overall. Um, the one criticism I do have of his game is I, I want to see a performance like the second half of this match, but for the duration of the full 90. Um, because the, the first half, he was very passive. He'd receive the ball, he'd square up his defender, he'd be in a decent 1v1 uh, scenario where he has the license to take on his man or cut inside and, and create something, whether it's a shot or a pass, and instead he just passed it backwards. So uh, obviously, sorry, told him something at halftime, there was an adjustment that was made. I noticed his starting position was a little bit wider when he was on the right because Hazard was tucking in. Maybe that's something that we could look forward to in the future, you know, uh, him playing in a wide role just because of his pace. But, yeah, I mean, a great performance overall. I want to see him do it for an extended period of time in 90 minutes, maybe against Tottenham. Who knows? Yeah, because, you know, it's funny you bring that up because obviously it is it is really early in the transfer window. But I think with the timing of the interest from Bayern – I think it's pretty crucial that he actually plays um, in this Tottenham match. Uh, I mean, I don't know what, what what do you guys think? Do you think like because this is this is still us? I feel like at this point showing him that we will play him. He's going to start. So I think like I mean, obviously this is it's we're only seven days in, um, but do you think it's important and if, if not important, crucial that he plays this uh, this uh, tomorrow or today when we release this uh, episode? What do you guys think? I think it's important. I think he needs to play, for one, our health situation. We saw what happened by rushing RLC back into the starting 11. Now, who knows how long he's out for. Uh, getting hurt with the same injury he was just recovering from. And then the other part is, you just came off of a two-assist game where, you again, you made our striker who makes scoring look harder than it has to be score a brace. Play this guy. We have yet to see him play a full 90 minute with Eden Hazard. So we don't really know what this combination, this partnership could look like. And the other thing is, yes, tomorrow's game is against Tottenham, but it's a home and an away kind of like two game series. So may, you can be a little risky this first time. You when the It's kind of like a high risk, high reward maybe if you're pragmatic. But the, the upside is there. I, I say he has to start. I, I I think the Tottenham match is interesting, and we're going to talk about it later. But um, yeah, there's no way he doesn't start in that game, just purely based off health. But my concern is not whether or not he's going to start. My concern is who's going to come off the bench because I know going into the Tottenham match, I mean, William and Pedro and Giroud. I mean, they've been training with the squad, but we don't really know if they're going to play or not, if they're going to be included in the squad, if they're match fit at all. So. This is a big, big opportunity for, for Callum Hudson-Odoi. I mean, easily, easily the biggest moment of his career. I mean, he's what more could you ask for? You're 18 years old, your boyhood club, you're going to start for them at Wembley um, in a cup competition. So big, big chance for him. Hopefully uh, we'll see the best of them this, week, or, uh, this, this weekend on uh, Tuesday. Um, 
you know, Tro wasn't the only young lad to really stand out this match. Um, Ethan Ampadu had a really great match as well. Um, he started on the right side of that midfield three. Um, and, you know, now that we've seen him play in various positions, um, I'll start off with you, Andreas. Which position do you feel Ethan Ampadu is, is, is best at? Oh, my God. That is a tough one. Um, we haven't really seen him play the Jorginho role, but I kind of liked him in this pseudo Conte role. Um, he did a little bit more than Conte usually does. I just, I just love his presence on the pitch. I think that if we are playing with a Regista, I think that's where he would play. Unless he hits a growth spurt here in the next couple of years, I think that's his position. I, I think he plays it well for Wales. He's, he's pretty good at passing. And we saw that in this game. Um, I want to say, unless, obviously he can get a meat, some meat on his bones. Unless he's not, he doesn't have a future at, at center back. I think this has to be his position at uh, the box to box midfield role. Yeah, he, he just seems naturally suited to be this sort of midfield destroyer. Um, you know, it's sort of in the mold of N'Golo Conte, right? A guy that can uh, barge into opponents, win the ball cleanly. Um, obviously, his physicality is a bit more uh, a part of his game than N'Golo Conte, whereas Conte is more of this clean tackler that could just run forever. Ampadu is this marauding midfielder that will literally take you out uh studs up by the knee like he's sort of a throwback player isn't he a throwback center mid just a ball winner just a dog so yeah playing that number eight role uh is is probably where he's most naturally suited to playing um we haven't seen much of him in that role at chelsea andres he touched on it you know he, he's been doing it well for wales and we, and we saw a pass from him um, a beautiful assist. Uh, I don't know if it was a last international break or the one before that. It was definitely before he got injured, but um, I think it was a match before he got injured too, actually. But he does have this passing range. Now, it still remains to be seen uh, whether or not he can do that at Chelsea. Side down. Um, but if he can prove to be not necessarily a stats guy where he puts up goals and assists, but a guy that can handle a large uh, workload off the ball and on the ball. I mean, th there's no way that he can't be one of the best players at our club uh, in the future. Him and Callum Hudson-Odoi together even. So, yeah, he looks comfortable, and all he needs is the time. I mean, if he gets that playing time down, um, he seems like a very mature player. I, I think that's something that I like about his game more than anything is where his head is at. Uh, he got his new contract. He put his head down, and he worked. You know, he he worked for his spot on the team. And, and sorry, did isolate him in the beginning of the season. He did play Cahill over him. I mean, let's not forget that Ampadu could play center back. He could play right back also. But um, sorry, also alluded to it uh, before Nottingham when he talked about Gary Cahill's situation. Um, and and you know, obviously, it looks like Cahill might be going to Fulham. But um, they asked him about the need to bring in another center back as uh, reinforcements for Cahill's departure. And, and he shot that down. He said, why would I? I have Ethan Ampadu and Andreas Christensen as my backup. So he I, has Sarri's vote now. And I also think that that quote is just interesting because of what you guys were talking about, whether he'd be better better suited as, as a center mid or something like that. I think that Sarri is kind of keen on having him play uh, as that center back role. Just I'm yeah. basing it off of that quote. Um, but, you every, know... Every 
every coach likes a yes man. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. that's the bottom line, right? Every single great footballing side had a yes man in the squad a person that could play multiple positions and just say yes sir to whatever the gaffer tells him to do and for me that's ethan ampadu so and i mean we actually we actually got a twitter question regarding this um from at bone daddy cool um all of the i wonder i wonder how he got that nickname (laughs) bone daddy bone daddy cool and all, all of the all of the o's are zeros and then the l at the end of cool is a one so Maybe just in they're... case you guys are trying to look him up, I'm, um, I'm gonna refrain from commenting on. <laughs> he asked. Better <laughs> yeah, so uh, totally ignoring what Zach's trying to say. Um, Bone Daddy Cool asks, "Can you see Ampadu being a backup for Jorginho? He is a quality passer, and I'd give him a defined role, as he doesn't seem to have one. And if not, who could play that role, in your opinion?" Um, Zach, I'll start off with you, because you love uh, Bone Daddy Cool's name so much. I see. <laughs> I. That that's the thing. I mean, the point I just made before is we haven't really seen uh, a lot of Ampadu in the midfield in any of the midfield roles in mm-hmm. general this season. So, I mean, it remains to be seen. I'm not going to go and say that he can't play that role, but I do think that there is better use for him as that number eight in the mold of Conte, where he's just kind of destroying. But I mean, if it's not Ampadu, Fabregas is gone. Um, we get into Barella and, and those transfer rumors in our in our transfer episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, now that Fabregas is gone, there really is no natural successor to that role. I think that we could make it work with Kovacic. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of Ampadu, for me, he has to play either the number eight or he has to be playing in the back line to get the absolute most out of him. I uh, I don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he'll be the Jorginho player that uh, Bone Daddy Cool is asking about. And I know I'm about to really kind of contradict my comment from earlier. But, you know, there's teams out there that have a pairing of a center back where it's your typical strong, tall, physical center back. And then you have a more technical player beside him. Um, you know, Barcelona had Mascherano next to PK for lots of years and it worked out well for them. And the way I see it is right now our team has David Luiz, who is a great passer in the back. And Ampadu can bring that to our back line. He's really good about quickly distributing the ball. And in a system where we start our attack from the back, I think that'll be a position for him to to really develop more and have a bigger role for Chelsea. Um, Unless, like Zach said, he's going to be playing more of a defensive midfielder role. I, I just don't see him being kind of that regista player. I think that would be kind of limiting his best attributes for just kind of shooing him in, like forcing him into the side. Sam, what do you think about it? Because, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is I think he could play that role, right? Like, I don't think it's crazy to think that he could be this regista. There was, there or, was. Or, or fill in. But, like, that's a lot of responsibility for someone that young, right? There, there was one moment in the game where I thought he was pushed up pretty high, and um, he he did a first touch pass right to um, Fabregas, like right on top of the box, and he took a shot. But um, it's that those are the kind of things that I was hoping that Conte would be able to do, and he hasn't been able to kind of have that one touch, um, you know. Uh, I mean, sorry, first touch pass moving the ball that I was mm-hmm. hoping that he would have with the system. And I, I do see that from um, from Ampadu. I don't know necessarily whether that's his role, 
specifically. I do kind of like him um, as a center back. I, you know, I think that <laughs> it was funny because a couple games ago, our two best passers were our two center backs and David Luis and um, and uh, Rudiger. Those oh, are the two. Insane, yeah. Those are the two guys creating all of our chances. So I mean, I think uh, having a, another guy to do that at the center back position is, is, is something that we can really um, benefit from. Something that's interesting too. I mean, we thought Christensen would be that guy mm-hmm. and, and we really um, haven't seen, I, he seems broken. I know this, he? it's a complete, it's a completely 180 um, from how he was last season. Um, just seems to have no confidence at all. Um, I know he had a couple blips last season as far as um, his passing you know, obviously that the Barcelona match, uh, and you know, just but for the most part, I think that he did an, he did an amazing job. And then just this season, I haven't seen he's, he's a completely different player, and it's yeah. very disappointing because we were riding on him so hard last year, you and I. Um, but I, I I I can't explain it. I don't. I really don't know how to explain it. Um, but you know, something that I can explain probably pretty well, um, is Murata. Um, being able to score two goals and not having any reaction, and that's because he's a pathetic little immature brat. Uh, so, you know, this this it, it's it's crazy when he scores two goals this match, and we still look at him and, and like 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 what are you doing here? Like it's a, just <laughs> just get out of here, man. Like two goals, that's fine, but it's it's the body language, him not celebrating after. Uh, after either of them obviously one of them coming like right after his offside right in front of the goal where he he chipped it over the bar which to mind the laws of physics yeah it's geometrically not even possible to do that while i was i I tweeted right when that happened and i was like could that have been the worst miss of maratha's life and then 30 seconds later there was one shit what miss was it 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 wasn't the it was one. It that, header? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was the right, header where he was right wide open, and the commentator was like, "He has to at least put that on frame." And I'm thinking to myself, like, "Fuck yeah, he does." That could have been possibly the worst attempt at goal we've seen from him in a long time. And as I was tweeting that, he, he that happened <laughs> the, the offsides where he just shot it into like all the. Uh, over I'm the sure. Matthew Harding upper, it looked like it just went completely out of the frame. I'm sure if he was onside, that was going in. I mean, that angle. Good God. <laughs> Ugh, he literally could have turned around, closed his eyes, and it would have bounced off his ass and in. But no, he had to go for it with his foot, oh which is goodness. which happens to be the thing that he's probably the worst at. But listen, he, he, I mean, the one he did score with his foot um, one time after it was a great run, and he somehow put it in. I was I was goal. shocked. It was, was a shocked. great goal, but 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 again, I mean, it's it's typical Murata rolling over on the floor after getting tapped, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, complaining to the referee, but it seems like the thing. Uh, I'm about to get really into this. <laughs> the thing, the thing with Murata, and I feel like I'm just a fucking broken record saying this shit over and over, is that it's not, it's never his fault, is it? I mean, that's just the way it comes off. Uh, that th- that's the way I'm reading his body language. Is he seems to blame everything else in his surroundings except himself i've never seen him miss an open goal and get mad at himself 
he gets sure he gets down on himself. He 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 gets disappointed, but he doesn't get mad. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't use it as fuel. And it, it's a sign of his mentality for one. But the guy just doesn't want to be here. And you could tell. You could give two shits about the results now. I mean, before we were kind of getting the sense like, all right, he's in a little goal. This is this was last season where he's he went dry a few games and we're all thinking, okay. You know, he'll get one and, and he's good. You know, the wheels will get turning again. He'll give us at least 15 this season. And we saw absolutely nothing from him. Zero. And we're five months into this whole sorry thing and there is still nothing from him. And it's just he gets mad at everybody but himself. A defender touches him and 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 he looks at the defender as if, you know, he, he tried to he, he he tried to like as if he got jumped. You know, it's it's fucking nonsense man and like yeah i understand that he has his problems off the pitch and you know he does he did open up about you know him being prone to you know some sort of anxiety or depression and yeah my heart goes out to him for that and i sympathize with that i really really do but on the pitch there just has to be some sort of reaction some sort of reaction and if you're a footballer a professional footballer i mean andres you and i played club and it's the furthest thing from professional, but I mean, it, it, it's it's natural to react to things, right? I mean, you would think so. <laughs> Scoring a goal at Stamford Bridge, you have to react to that. That's what dreams are made of. If I scored a goal at Stamford Bridge, I'm pulling my dick out and waving it at the crowd. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And this guy doesn't Followed even decide to celebrate a goal. Ma- Two-match ban. <laughs> worth it, though. I mean – I'll take that whole like reaction thing even further back because just before that game, your coach is telling you that you need to step up your game Mm -hmm. and that should fire you up. That should at least, okay. Like you said, like Zola comes in, he says all these things and then you come into the game and boom, you scored two goals. At least prove that it made you feel something. Like I remember when Eto got told by Mourinho, he was, getting old he did the old man celebration old, yeah. after he scored like i would have loved for Murata to like at least do a little shh to the people or something like dude you scored a brace and you know that this is one of your like teammates last games in Cesc Fabregas who sprinted his ass off to get to Murata to mm-hmm. jump on his back and be like hell yeah like you just freaking scored and the dude has zero <laughs> reaction like whatsoever Aww. and then when he does get subbed out he just leaves straight to the locker room again, fully knowing when one of his like teammates is his final match, and he's gonna get. He should. Des- he like deserves like a hero's exit, but nope. It's about me. I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap about this place. I'm out. Like, it's frustrating, man. It's it's so frustrating, and it and it's also so discouraging to have a forward who scores a brace, and we're not even talking about him being the man of the match or having a good performance, like. That's just the kind of player Murata has been lately. Mm-hmm. And and that's why, uh, you know, I'm just ready for, for both parties to just kind of call it quits. And I know we got Come into on, that Sevilla. in the yeah, – Come on. Right? We, we got into it in the transfer in the transfer episode, but it's just like, man, like, good Lord. Like, you do know that you are supposed to if – even if, even if you leave Chelsea, you're trying to still play professional football somewhere, like – this doesn't look good on you. Most professionals would treat that match as uh, a job interview, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the vibe I'm getting. And and I couldn't – and I know – I might get sl- slandered for saying this, but 
I, I couldn't help but think, what would Diego Costa do in a situation like that? Like, if if Zola called out Diego Costa and said, "Look, we play in a system where the strikers, where we create a lot of chances for the strikers, and it's up to the strikers to score goals." If Diego Costa put in a double after Zola said that to him, Diego Costa would have sprinted and gotten in Zola's face. You know, like like he just would have yeah. done he would have done something angry, some sort of angry reaction. Andres, you even said it. Like he would have shushed the crowd. Or all the haters. Like, I would have loved to see that. I would have absolutely no problem if he smashed in that double like he did and celebrated with something just arrogant and like, fuck you. Like, I'm a proper footballer. That's like, just like, the this proved it. It's I'm a, your guy. That's just a difference between like an alpha and a beta, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. Morata is clearly a beta. And uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's. His wife is the alpha, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's the No, no, no. But, 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 but in all seriousness, like, I mean, we, we got to get him out as fast as possible, right? He has to be gone as soon Hopefully. as possible. Like, like, if we want to move on as a club and at the number nine position, I mean, yeah, let's move him out. Whether we bring in another winger and keep Hazard at the false nine or we bring in a striker just to kind of plug up the holes like we did with Giroud last season where we just kind of, like, limped to the end of the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fine. I'll take anything over this right now. I could I can get behind any player that puts in maximum effort in a Chelsea kit. I don't care about your ability. If you go out there and you bleed for us and 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 you suffer and you, and you run your ass off, you fly into tackles, you put in effort, all you have to do is show us you care. I mean, that's like the bottom line. And the fact that he didn't celebrate is disrespectful to fans. Like I felt disrespected. You know, we're here supporting you every week. Yes, you are getting a lot of shit and people are cursing you out on, on Instagram and people are crossing the line and making it personal. And that's all bullshit. We only talk about the stuff that happens on the pitch. And if you're not doing it for us on the pitch, we criticize you. Yes. I mean, I mean, it, it's fair. We have criticized them a lot. But the fact that there is zero reaction and there's zero like, like he doesn't ha- give one single fuck about the club or the supporters or any of that. It's just it, it blows my mind and it's just counterproductive on his part. And, and and the fact that he's been here for this long and we keep giving him these chances because, you know, injuries and whatever, it, it, it's it's a catastrophe. It, it has to end sometime soon. If Sevilla wind up taking him on loan, I think it's an interesting scenario because, I mean, you got Andre Silva on loan at Sevilla and – and they might Santi Carzola. No, no, no. Santi yeah. Carzola's at a Villarreal. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But, 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 but. I mean, you got the whole Chelsea sending Morata on loan. Now we only have one natural striker in Giroud. I mean, we're interested in Iguain, but AC Milan on not Andre Silva. I mean, it turns into this giant transfer love triangle. And I'm not trying to speculate, but I just think that's something interesting that we need. We, we need to look into. We're gonna but see yeah, a lot of false weird. nine if that happens. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a weird situation for sure. And, and I mean, there's still also that whole thing where, like, are we looking at Nabil Fakir for, as a false nine? Mm-hmm. Is Are we trying to get Hazard back out to his left wing? Like, there's just so much going on. And But I, I really do think that whether he leaves now or he stays through the end of the season, he will not be a Chelsea player by the time July rolls around. Thank God. I, I'll I, buy I, him his plane ticket. <laughs> I have one final thought of this match and then – uh, I don't know if you guys won't have any final thoughts as well, but I was just really gutted about um, Fabregas missing that penalty I th- and just not scoring in general. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. he, like you said, he wanted that like hero's ending, the superstar's ending. Um, 
and you know he, he had another chance towards the end um got taken off to a nice standing ovation um it was a good i think it was a solid match by him but you know that he wanted one last goal um in the premier league but um you know what my hat's off to him thank you so much for everything you've done Seth. two two titles that's great four four trophies that's amazing um mm. so uh thank you guys i mean thank you <laughs> Says thank you, thanks guys. <laughs> You're welcome, Sam. <laughs> You're welcome, Sam. Thank, yeah. thank you guys specifically. Uh, any final um, thoughts? Yeah, I want to do something different uh, apart from the Sesk comments, and we talked about him in our transfer episode as well. But I wanted to talk about Lotus Cheeks' injury and how unfortunate the timing of it is. I think that he had cemented himself into this starting eleven. Um, and then because of all the other injuries, we rushed him back. And now he's at least out for a month. And I know that Lotus Sheik doesn't listen to this, but man, like I just hope that, you know, he can he can get through this. We don't rush him back. He rehabs well, because I'm looking forward to him having a prosperous future at Chelsea. You could see as he was leaving the field how distraught he was about this injury and how much he knew he was about to have to like give up because he was enjoying his, his football and, and being able to do it at Chelsea. So, you know, gutted to see him, you know, in tears as he left the field. And I I really hope that he has a speedy and and good recovery to have him back on the, on the squad as soon as possible. I'm not trying to curse him or anything. Um, And I guess this will be my final thought too, but we talk about his athleticism for his size and his ability to like get around the pitch for his size, of course. But um, could he possibly be a little bit more prone to the occasional injury as opposed to you know someone a little bit more lightweight, someone smaller? Um, he's a big guy, mm-hmm. and usually big players like that do have a lot of back problems. Um, it, it 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 just is. I mean, they weigh more. They they have to carry more. Usually they're their center of gravity is a lot higher, so uh, uh, there's a lot of strain on the lower back and the hips. And I, right, I Zach, just I think, hope... I think you've said enough. I think that's just something for no, I, for us no, to look I, out for. All, all <laughs> I'm saying, all, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that I just really hope that this doesn't take a toll on him mentally, because like yeah, yeah. Chelsea's physios are awesome. Our players, our players, we very rarely have a player get injured and not be able to come back unless they break a bone or tear their knee apart, right? Like usually muscular injuries um, and, 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 and joint injuries that are like along the lines of sprains and, and things like that. Players usually come back from stronger. And although Loftus Cheek's injury is sort of undisclosed, we don't know exactly what it is. I just hope that this doesn't take a toll on him mentally because the same, he was out uh, this, uh, he was out last year at palace about a year ago. I think it was during the holiday season as well where he suffered that injury and he had to miss a, a, a couple weeks. And I just hope it doesn't take a, a, a toll on him mentally. I'd love to see him back. I mean, he just looked like he was braced to have his breakout year. But I mean, maybe we'll have to hold off until next season for him to have a full season under his belt just consistently playing football. But yeah, I mean, when he comes back, he's going to be huge. And the fact that he's gone is huge as is. So. Yeah, I don't want to curse it. I did not curse Loftus Cheek. Okay, I just cool. want to get that across. It's on the record. You did <laughs> My not fingers curse were him. crossed. But so if... Psalm wants Loftus Cheek to fail. Got it. <laughs> uh, I mean Zach. Not yeah, Zach. Zach. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, I mean it would make my Ross Barkley uh, 
team Ross Barkley case a lot better, but anyway. God awful. Uh, yeah, against I know. Nottingham Forest, yeah, by the way, because because it's not looking too good right now. But he's a sideways Ross. <laughs> he's like he he passes like John Obi Mikel now. Oh God. Yeah, it's making me look bad. Um, so we got two we got two match previews to cover. Um, the first one, huge huge uh, Carabao Cup semifinal. Of course, Man City gets the draw against Burton, and we get the shit end of the stick and and draw Tottenham. And uh, I mean, I feel like this this the same thing kind of happened to us last year too. Uh, just really poor timing with like a lot of uh, compacted games against really strong teams. Tottenham has been on a tear. If you if you take out the loss to the Wolves uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, they've been on a tear recently. They're sitting at third right now in the Premier League, but um, obviously a very scary side to play at this point in time. Um, obviously, the last time we played, not a great result. Um, they beat us 3-1 when we traveled to Wembley, and um, we've actually lost three of the previous five meetings against the Spurs. And, uh, and like I said, Spurs have been on a tear. They've scored at least three goals in their last five matches. Um well, besides the besides the Wolves match, but um, that's that's some you know, and all these, and also just to add on to that, some injury news. According to Sari, uh, William Pedro and Giroud are all back in training, but um, there's no word on their availability as far as being able to um, suit up for this match. RLC definitely out until he gets his back injury sorted, and um, on the other side, Lucas Mora, uh, Eric Dyer, and uh, Wanyama are all out um so some good news as well on the injury front so um Andreas I'll start off with you what does Chelsea need to do in order to win this match oh man um I think we need to learn from the November game against Spurs and come out with a lot more energy those first 10 minutes we cannot have a slow start because the moment that we give you know, Tottenham any sniff of, of doubt or fear or, or a clink in our system, they're going to just tear us apart. So my big thing is is simply holding on to the ball and doing what we did so well against City, which was be patient in beating the press. So that that's my big thing, like to get the game going, is just making sure that we don't let their high press overwhelm us because – Without Dyer or Wanyama, you know that mid, that center mid, and their three-four-three or four-three-three, whatever it is that they're going to be running, is going to look a little bit weak. So, if we can get past Son, Mora, and Kane coming at us at eighty miles an hour, then we have a good chance of of taking advantage of those spaces. So, patience while beating the press is probably the biggest thing I think Chelsea will need to focus on. I mean, they're they're hot right now, man. They're scoring goals by the boatload. I think Sun has like seven goals and five assists in the last six matches, but they played some shit side over the weekend. So, I mean, you could take that stat with a grain of salt. But, yeah, I mean, we just can't afford to give the ball away in the middle of the pitch, and I think that's exactly what they're going to try and do. Um, last time we played them, we saw that Dele Alli was sort of their shield that would stand in front of Jorginho and prevent David Luiz and Rudiger um, playing the ball through Jorginho, which basically stunts the Sarismo in general. I think Poch has no reason 
to not do the same um, in this game. Um, I think he's going to put Dele Alli right on Jorginho. He's going to make it difficult for us to play out of the middle. But, you know, we, we, we saw Pep Guardiola try to do that with, like, that box formation, which is kind of weird that he even tried something completely different in that Man City match. But um, somehow we were able to get out of it because our, our, our fullbacks were playing really high and wide. Um, our center mid, our center mids were dropping in, creating that little triangle, and our winger was always a, a plan B down the line. So our ball movement's much better. I, I I just think we're a different team this time around. And you know, Andres talked about the patience on the ball. Um, yes, it is patience on the ball, but we have to be um, smart with it as well. You know, we cannot afford to lose the ball in the middle of the pitch and give it up to guys like Son who. In the last match, uh, in, in the 3-1 loss, I mean, he tore us to shreds where, where he beat Jorginho down the sideline, um, some, somehow snuck in and, and, and got, a, got a, a really nice goal out of it, as much as I hate to say it. So, yeah. Um, but another thing is that pace up top as well. And, and if we do lose the ball in the midfield, Tottenham has sort of, I don't want to say perfected, but they have vastly improved in quick counterattacks. So they're going to use guys like Christensen and uh, possibly even Harry Winks if he plays to just kind of break through and find that quick long ball um, down one of the flanks so they could utilize their pace and beat us. Poch has made it no secret in the past that Marcus Alonso is a weakness in our side, and he's chosen to attack that le- our left-hand side um, every single time we've played him. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just something to look forward to. I do think, and I'm – I might get uh, a lot of shit for this, but my expectations for this game aren't very high in general, just mainly because of the injury crisis, uh, or not not necessarily the crisis, but um, you know th- this unknown factor about where Pedro, William, and Giroud are. Um, hopefully, one of them could be healthy, so maybe we could get some sort of rotation, you know, around the hour mark, like Sari likes to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, m- my expectations in general are a lot different. I'm looking for things that we're going to do well. Um, we are short-staffed at the moment. Um, I, I don't know if Kovacic recovered or not. Um, I, I, I know he was sick uh, over the weekend, so hopefully he recovered. I think he's going to be massive for this match. I think if Ross Barkley starts in the center, we're going to be in trouble because he's a little bit too slow on the ball. But yeah, um, before I rant on any longer, my expectations are are, are very measured. In this game, I'm not expecting to go out there and smack them three, four nil. I'm expecting us to go out there and suffer. We're going to concede chances. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical, like it always is against Tottenham. But um, hopefully, we could rise to the occasion at Wembley, like uh, like Chelsea has done in the past. And the funny thing about this match is the one player that I'm most worried about, which is funny because he's actually shit, is uh, Dele Ali because he just some somehow always scores on us. I mean. I don't know what what do you guys think we need to do to contain him? And I mean, do we need to specifically focus on him, uh, our center backs? Do they need to keep an eye on him? Um, Andreas, what do you think? I don't know, man. He's so. It's just like I wish it was one of those things. Where it was like, oh, based on the last three games, this is what he probably will do against Chelsea. It's just like something different every time. Right. It'll you be a breakaway. Tell. It'll be a header. It'll be a shot from distance. It'll be a deflected shot. Like I. <laughs> Screw that guy, man. Just I hope that 
Sorry will pre- like last time sorry did say like oh I got caught off guard I didn't have a plan to to beat this system. So maybe this time he won't be as naive to think that Spurs are going to stick to their normal plan and maybe that will be the solution against Deli Ali because in a in a in a how do you, how do I say this? In a the way we were playing before only fed into Deli Ali being in the right place at the right time because he was in front of Jorginho. So the moment that we lost the ball in midfield, he was already between our defense and our midfield. So maybe just the fact that if we set up properly to where we don't depend on Jorginho to build up, maybe that'll put Deli Ali in a different position to where he won't be kind of just ready to poach a goal. Maybe we'll see uh, a sort of a different midfield formation uh similar to the one where that we saw at city where when we're conceding possession conte drops off and actually becomes the deepest lying midfielder just so we can weather the storm and 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 hit them on the counter sorry has showed has shown in the past few matches that if he has you know the players available to him he can adapt certain things towards certain opponents like he did against man city so Maybe we see N'Golo Conte dropping off when Tottenham's in possession because Tottenham are going to have possession in this game. I mean, it's it, it, it's it's a home game. It's at Wembley. The pitch is huge at Wembley as well. So, you know, players are going to get knackered. They're going to get tired. Um, we are going to concede some sort of possession. It's what we do when we don't have possession that's going to be sort of the difference maker here. Are we going to be the counterattacking team when Tottenham's in possession or are we going to nick possession off of them and look for like the slow measured buildup. Um, we didn't do that against City. I, I think the whole Sarismo style of play just kind of went out the window against them. Um, yes, we were building out of the back um, in the second half specifically, but in general, our, our, our attacks were quick, decisive counterattacks where the buildup was quick two, three touches, link up, play, boom, players off. Um, I'm curious to see what approach he takes now because. He has tried to play his Sarismo against uh, Spurs the last time he went to Wembley in November, and we got spanked. And, uh, you know, yeah, we did get a goal, but it didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as when I wrote this script, I actually wrote it down as 3 0, and I, I had to, like, oh shit, like, like that doesn't look right. I'm pretty sure we scored that match, but yeah. Um, whatever Sari do- I'm just really curious to see what Sari's going to do. You know, who he's going to select in that midfield three. If we do get an early lead, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I am completely not opposed to seeing Ampadu being the first sub that gets subbed into the game just to kind of slide into that midfield and just solidify things defensively. I know Sorry probably won't do it, but good God, if that happens in a match like this at Wembley, I mean, we've seen we've seen Ethan Ampadu go into tackles at Stamford Bridge against, you know, a pub <laughs> side. Imagine him at Wembley against Spurs going into a tackle. I think... A part of me even thinks give him the Ampadu, captain man. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's start Ampadu, and the second the first whistle blows, let's have him go straight at Harry Kane's ankles, let him pick up his yellow, sub him off, and then we could throw on Kovacic and start playing sure. football again. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, uh, you know, actually, uh, our ultra, our very own um, Chelsea Eric, the, the 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 I think he was the first Roman's Empire ultra. He he asked a question which is kind of similar to what you're talking about right right now. He wants to know, and I'm also curious as well, who the front three versus Spurs is going to be. Um, Zach, I don't know if you you want to start off and, and say yeah, what but you if think. I 
if I go off on a rant, could you please cut me off? Because I feel <laughs> like I'm talking too much. Um, I think the front three is is I, there is no short way to answer because we don't know who's going to be available. I guess it all comes down to whether or not uh, Maratha's even going to be in the squad. Mm-hmm. Do you play him if he's available? Because I mean, it does look like he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. I say no. Um, I say no. Honestly, if it was up to me, I'd put Eden Hazard as a false nine. I'd probably have Hudson Adoy playing off of uh, playing off of the right, and dare I say it, Emerson Palmieri starting off on the left. Um, it, it, depending on how healthy William or Pedro are, I mean, obviously if they're ready to play and ready to start, then that's great. But we did see a little bit of Emerson playing uh, in the front three recently, and he didn't necessarily look half bad. And Tottenham's a team that likes to score a lot of goals. They're going to attack that left-hand side. So if we stick uh, a, a, a natural wing back on that left wing to kind of help out Marcus Alonso and just be like, you know, basically this motor that just gets up and down the pitch, then, I mean, I, I'm kind of for that. That sounds appealing to me, but. Yeah. In terms of the second part, are we not going to see the best of sorry? Yeah, dude, we need a full preseason. We need transfers. We need to bolster the squad. We need depth. This is not even close to the finished article. Yeah, so my front three, I'm going to be a little bit probably more realistic. I think it'll be the front three that we saw in the forest uh, game. So I'll think it'll be Hazard, Morata, Cho. But I think that if that's not working, I think that we start the second half straight away with a false nine. We move Cho back to the left, Hazard to the middle, and then we bring on Pedro or William to play on the right side. Um, Pending their health, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, whichever one is more healthy, whichever one's more up for a good 45 minutes. But I, I do think that hudson Doy should start. I think Hazard definitely needs to start. And then the third person is the big question mark. Um, mm. I really do like the idea of Emerson playing, but I'd rather him be the left back just because I think we're really missing out on an opportunity by overloading our left attack with just offensive-minded players that click well. Like, shame that Loftus-Cheek is hurt, but like a left-sided attack of Emerson, Loftus-Cheek, and Hazard, players that know how to connect and dribble themselves too – is just so dangerous, and it plays so much into Sari's system to where you, you focus and passes vertical, sideways passes moving forward, and then boom, you find a quick switch to the other side. Imagine that going on, and then, whoa, we just found Callum Hudson-Odoi open in the box by himself. Like That's just asking for teams to leave somebody behind because they're too focused. So it's a shame that we haven't tried that yet against the bigger teams. I just think those overlapping runs could be so key to beating these teams that are going to try that mid-block slash Jorginho man-marking. But yeah, uh, hudson Doy Hazard plus one is my front three choice. And then like Zach said, this offseason, I think we'll see actual Cerise Mosari ball during the offseason with the players he actually wants and needs. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think we, we got to give that time. I just think at this point, in, in, in Sari's tenure, it's more about him filling filling the gaps and putting square pegs in round holes, right? Like, he's just trying to make shit work until the end of the season. That way, he has a, a solid look at, at all the players at his disposal, and he and, 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 and he knows who he, ha- who he could have use for, 
and who could be expendable and, and where we could improve the squad. It's the fact that people are even starting this whole sorry out bullshit that's been going on um, is, is pretty pathetic. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's, it's, it's dumb. It's immature. It's irrational. The guy needs classic time. Chelsea football. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's that <laughs> typical classic Chelsea football, but yeah, I mean, anyways, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and give my give my bold prediction. I, I'm gonna say two one Chelsea. I think it's gonna be really really tough. I think we'll concede first because we've tended to start out matches uh, pretty slow as of late. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be much of the same. I think we're gonna start out slow again. Uh, we'll limp to halftime one nil down maybe, and then uh, the second half we'll we'll have a similar reaction to the one that we had against Forest, where we just kind of spark back into life. I think we're actually going to have a hard-fought 1-0 victory. Um, I just think we'll learn from our lessons. We know how to play a team that's technically more skilled than us on the the field in Man City. So I feel like that kind of approach will come good. And just, again, that kind of different factor from Hudson-Odoi being direct and quick on the wing rather than slowing things down, I think is something that the Spurs team won't have enough kind of film to prepare for. So maybe it'll kind of catch them off guard. I mean, Ben Davies isn't the fastest guy, so maybe Cho can take advantage of that. Uh, but yeah, one nil. Um, my score prediction, I think we're going to, it's going to be a draw um, two two. Um, but my bold prediction, I know, I know Wembley is a pretty large pitch, but if we got a fan with a good enough arm sitting in the, in the, in the visitor section, I think that we have a fan that that nails uh, Ollie in the head with like a plastic bottle or something, or a paper um, airplane. Yeah, or a paper airplane. Just something like a, will be thrown yeah. at him, and we'll hit him. I I just don't know. We we need someone with a good arm. Um, so if if anyone's listening and has a good arm, uh, I'll pay for like ten dollars <laughs> of your ticket, and like five dollars of your bus fare or however you get there. Um, so the tube, Sam. The, the tube. Have you ever been to London? I have. Yes, I actually have my tube, uh, my, my ticket with me. It's in my room, but uh, <laughs> just in case, you know, I end up in London, I need, I need to hop a, hop the board. But yeah, that that was still that's still my favorite memory of the season uh, when an Arsenal fan uh, threw something at Dele Ali's head. I just wish that was me. Like I wish, I wish I was able to throw that. You know, w- would you guys be? happy if i told you right now 1-1 going into the second leg at the bridge would you take it of course yeah i'll take that i I would take i think i would take it too at this point in the season i just think it's we just have to make shit work Mm -hmm. for now until we get like (laughs) options especially in the midfield now that we lost sesk who would have been actually uh, a really really good option off the bench even for this game um I, th- I feel like he could help us out a lot, but the, I mean, does the away goal does the away goal count as the tiebreaker in uh in the Carabao Cup? I'm honestly not too okay. sure. I'm well, gonna I'm gonna leave that up to our Twitter followers. Yeah, to, please let us know. To um, let us know what's up. All right, so since we're running low on time, let's just fly through this Newcastle preview. Um, right now, Newcastle sitting. Um, well, it's, it's, a, it's a league match at Stamford Bridge. So shout out to Santiago Nunez. <laughs> The Shout only out. man that could probably save Real Madrid today. Welcome to the tune. <laughs> they're right now they're sitting 15th in the Premier League, uh, only two points 
uh, above the drop zone. So right now they're winless in their seven matches against the top six. Um, with only oh no, six. you just jinxed us, Tom. You just jinxed us. <laughs> My bad. When... I, I I wrote that part into the script. That's on me, guys. <laughs> but it's only six goals scored in those matches. Um, you know, so they can they're able to score uh, against these top sides, but um, just they're in general on the in the record. I mean, on the season, their goal scoring record is is pretty poor as a whole. Yeah. Um, so. I I don't know if there's anything specific that we want to get into. Let's maybe we can just skip to the match uh, predictions and bold predictions. How are you gonna skip out on the Venezuelan tank <laughs> in oh. the presence of oh, yeah, Andres? That's, that's the one thing we gotta keep an eye out for. We know we know how uh, how dirty watch those, up, those Venezuelans watch them start are. Joselu <laughs> <laughs> scores Rondon doesn't even get a minute I think it's actually funny that like in this game I kind of wish that Kennedy could play because he's been awful this yeah. first half of the mm -hmm. of the campaign for Newcastle which would better. be kind of like oh man it'd be kind of nice to have a non-performing player continue to play but due to the loan agreements and whatnot he's not even going to get to touch the field um I'm just going to jump into my prediction here. I actually think that in this game, we are going to get a hudson Adoy goal in the Premier League. Wow. Nice. You know, that's that's very bold, Andres. I was actually going to have the same fucking prediction, so thanks for that. <laughs> um, it's no, bold I, because he's going to play against Tottenham, so it's like, okay, he's still going to earn some minutes mm -hmm. at the end of the week too. That's mm -hmm. why I think it's more of a bold prediction, more so than it's Cho scoring. If if Kovacic uh, plays against Spurs, which I'm anticipating he is, uh, I'm going to say Ross Barkley gets a start against Newcastle, and I think he gets back on the stat sheet, whether it's a goal or an assist. I just It's about time Ross Barkley does something productive um, because you know the last couple games he hasn't been so great at all. So I'm not slacking him as a player. Everybody goes through their ups and downs, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with a Ross Barkley goal or an assist. I think we will keep a clean sheet. It's at the bridge. Jorginho's going to break some type of passing record. 3-0 Chelsea. It's going to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it's uh, we're going to keep a clean sheet as well. 2 or 3-0. Um, and uh, I guess my bold prediction, it wouldn't necessarily be about the match, but I think that this will either be uh, Maranta's last match uh, as a Chelsea player or our first match without Murata. That's it's a oh, bold God. slash hopeful prediction. <laughs> uh, sounds like you really love Alvaro. Uh, um, that's my guy. Almost, man. That's who my do guy. you hate more, Sam? Alvaro Murata or Michi? <laughs> or it, should I say Agent no, Michi? I, I love Michi Bachuai. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Ever since he left? Now I you want, do. Nothing, there's nothing <laughs> more I'd want than to have him back. Like I feel like like I, I it's it's completely flipped my my opinion of him someone someone that has emotion uh, it would be nice yeah, um with the polls but yeah, yeah. Th that kind of wraps things up guys it was a, a good pod again um we do have a separate episode this week it's a transfer special with christian from the all-american cfc podcast we were actually supposed to plug it into this episode but um we wound up having too much fun and we talked for about 40 minutes so we just split it up into a separate episode make sure you guys check that out make sure you download it we are on Twitter at Roman's Empire Pod. Uh, you could also reach out to us on Gmail, RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. Ask us questions. And by the way, 
lately I have been posting on our Twitter that we want to try something new on the podcast. We want it to be more fan integrated. So um, we have opened up the option. Instead of asking us questions on Twitter uh, by typing it in and, and, and just subtweeting it or responding to our tweets, whatever the correct term is for that, um, you could actually send us in a video. Just DM us about a 30-second video to about a minute tops. And what we'll do, we'll extract that audio, we'll play it on the podcast, and uh, we'll give our take on it. So if you want to be the source of our discussion and you want to start our discussion, and ask you want us to be questions. Famous, you want to be famous. Yes, you want, <laughs> if you want all of the hundreds of thousands and, and millions hundreds. of listeners all over the world that listen to the Romans Empire podcast, including Zimbabwe. We do have one listener every week from Zimbabwe. Shout out to Zimbabwe. Pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, shout out to Zimbabwe. But yeah, make sure you guys do that because no one's done it yet and we really want uh, we really want more fan interaction. We have a lot of great listeners, a lot of you who uh, DM us anyways. So why not just film a video this time? So yeah, um, until next time, keep the blue flag flying high. We'll see you guys soon.